0: Gifting is hard. This isn't news, but what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Which is good news, because adult beverages are the only gift that no one ever returns. And Drizzly's tailored experience lets you find the perfect drink for the occasion, no matter what it is. You'll save time by shopping a huge selection of drinks from wherever you are. You'll save money by comparing prices on said drinks across stores and you'll get to spend more time sipping with your gifties. You know, if they're the sharing type. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Ding dong, it's Drizzly. Must be 21+. plus. Not available in all locations.
1: <laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? Up goes full, People might night yet, win it here for Wolves, flaps in the shot!
2: Well, it's little Dan with your latest Wolves fancast match preview. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about the weekend's most fearsome social media rivalry since Leon Knight and Jamie O'Hara. It's Wolves yeah. against Aston Villa. Uh, we'll, we'll be talking about the rest of the Premier League fixtures, uh, obviously team news from the weekend's games. We're going to bring up the uh, Erling Haaland bet, which we tipped earlier on in the season, which looks like it's going to be coming in quids for those followers. I hope that jumped on. As you can see on tonight's episode, I've got with me um, Phil Prescott, who's been on previously. Uh, Danny Rosamond, who's joining us as a new guest tonight. How are you, Dan?
0: I'm right. Thank you, self.
2: Yeah, good. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. has been a, I've been chasing you for a long time. We finally got it over <laughs> <a> the <little> line. <laughs> you know, and somehow, well, as a hopefully, you point of performance than he did tonight. Um, as a new guest, we usually ask a uh, new guest the the simple questions. Um, who's your favourite footballer for Wolves that isn't Steve Ball? <laughs>
0: This is Steve Ball. Wow. Um, I think you take out the new out of That's it. cheating a little bit. Uh, you're probably looking Robbie Dennison, Robbie Keane, uh, John the with a the cult hero. And I've got something for Steve it, so you can tell what kind of hero coming from there.
2: Yeah. I don't know whether it's purely because it's May the 4th, but you sounded a bit like Darth Vader then. Um, but, Dan, it was a fantastic answer. When I first joined the fancast, my, my answer was Robbie Dennison. So I knew there was something I liked about you from the start. You, you're you a man of fine um, fine tastes. Um, the second question is, where do you keep the uh, chocolate and uh, sauces, the cupboard or the... Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> chocolate in the cupboard, sauces in the cupboard until it's open, then it's in the
2: fridge. That's it, not the right way. Once it's open, keep refrigerated. Alex Home, Villa fan, um, musician, all round good lad. is joining us tonight. I'm going to ask you the the same question first. uh, Ketchup and chocolate, where do you keep them? (laughs)
1: Uh, Fridge, after they've been opened, definitely every time. Cold chocolate, chocolate, nothing beats it. Yeah, man. The break of the cold chocolate, every time.
2: And similar to uh, the question I asked Danny, but from a Villa point of view, which Wolves player in history grates you the most? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, uh that's a tough one, man. N- none of them really great me the most, I guess. Um
2: that's the gaunling you that is because
1: you deep death. You know
2: you're a wolves <laughs> fan now.
1: You know, you know what, you know what? I've got a lot of time for wolves, man. they like over the years, like when we was in the lines and stuff, they helped us up, you know massively. Um none of them really grate me because none of them are blue noses, so you know what I mean. <laughs> um, we'll
2: go with David Davis then because he's ex wolves and he plays for uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's, Does he even still play for Blues? I don't even know what's happened to David I was it Shrewsbury last time I heard, wasn't it? I don't know uh, what's happened to
1: Blues, to be fair.
2: Yeah, obviously, uh, we had Mateusz Sarkic was on loan at Blues last season, or the start of this season, was it? I can't remember. That's another uh, one that's crossed the divide. <laughs> uh, just a bit of uh, housekeeping before we uh, properly jump into tonight's show. Uh, Wolves Fancast are organising and participating in a charity match at Molyneux. On June the second, on behalf of mental health charity Mind, if you can try and donate as much as possible, whether it's a £1, pound, a hundred pound, whatever you can afford, it would be really, really appreciated because it's a, uh, a charity that we've been supporting for a few years now and they're a great um, charity that help people with their he- mental health help people who have got people in their lives suffering with mental health, uh, giving you guides, tips, just all strategies to help you with your mental health, which we all struggle from uh, with from time to time. So, yeah, the links in the description. Uh, The game's on June the 2nd. Hopefully, some of you can actually come and watch us on June the 2nd, make us, uh, you know, watch us make fools of ourselves trying to impersonate our favourite footballers. Uh, So, yeah, June the 2nd at Molyneux on behalf of Mind. uh, Hopefully, you can help us with that. Uh, Game week 35 kicks off uh, Saturday at 3 o'clock. There's a carousel of fixtures uh, at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Bournemouth at home to Chelsea. Brighton at home to Everton, Fulham at home to Leicester, uh, Leeds travel to Man City with uh, Sam Allardyce, who believes he's on the same level par as Pep Klopp and <laughs> Michael Arteta. Arteta. Uh, big statement from uh, Big Sam there, the uh, the point drinking Dudleyan. Tottenham uh, <laughs> at home to Crystal Palace, and obviously the big fixture between ourselves, Wolves mm. and Villa. Uh, Saturday evening ends with Liverpool versus Brentford. Manchester United travel to West Ham. And Forrest at home to Southampton, which is a big game in the relegation battle on Monday night. Looking at those fixtures, Danny, I don't know if you're a betting man like myself. Where's your sort of money for um, a banker, looking at those fixtures there on the left?
0: I mean, if you're looking at a banker, I think Brighton, to do Everton, especially at Brighton. Um, that would be mine, personally. Wonder what for odd these, for better odds, yeah. anyway. Was
2: that sorry? I wonder what odds you'd get on another six 0 there on Saturday between Brighton and Everton.
0: Oh, let's not talk about it, eh? Yeah,
2: yeah, we won't talk about that <laughs> game too much. Uh, where would your money be? Al? It's got to be there, hasn't it? Really, uh, Brighton
1: or you'd say Bournemouth, really, with a the form there and and Chelsea the form there. in. I mean, they've they've had some shockers recently, haven't they? So yeah, go Bournemouth, man.
2: Yeah, I think Bournemouth might be a nice tip for yeah. uh, people who want sort of maybe longer odds than maybe Brighton. Um, yeah. Obviously, Phil, we're in a fancy Premier League together. We've been mates for a good few years now. I'm eyeing up Erling Haaland. as my triple captain at home to Leeds on Saturday. Uh, where's your money on a, on a banker? Well, you've, you've sort of like set me up there. I, I was sort of
3: thinking, <laughs> given what the others have, have picked, I was, I'd probably be going like Man City, but, you know, with a handicap bet, you know, maybe... You Know give give Leeds three goal head start or something. Um, you know, uh, other uh, obviously, yeah, you're not going to get very good odds just going straight on City, but I think it doesn't matter what Sam said, Big Sam says, I think they could be in for a hiding there. Yeah, I reckon
2: <clears throat> the latest news that came out of um Molnir today was our April player of the month uh, nominations Joe Gomez, Craig Dawson, Totti Gomez, Max Kilman, and Diego Costa. Look at those uh, five players there, Danny. And it's a very blurred picture because, for me, April was a very blurred month regardless of the (laughs) amount of points that we got. Who would would be your (laughs) April player of the month, Danny? Uh,
0: For me, um, even with the couple of goals conceded, sadly just gone off in Dawson. I think he's completely changed the mentality. Um, You build a team from the back, and I think the results we've got with the clean sheets, uh, correct, Dawson?
2: I think he's massively improved the spine hasn't he, um, Craig Dawson, Phil. Who would be your Player of the Month? It, as you
3: say, it's a tough one. Um, you know, D- Dawson, yeah, probably. I think. I, I mean, Gomez hasn't started them all, but he's uh, he's quickly made himself a, a fan's favourite, hasn't he? Um, you know, and, and those uh, that that performance against Chelsea, he did well against Brentford. Um, yeah, I'd, pr- I'd probably go, probably go Gomez.
2: It's a bit of a wild shape, but I think if you were to um, stricken the Brighton performance away from the month, I might have just edged towards Mateus Nunes in that that April. I thought he was obviously outstanding against Chelsea, scored a, a, a huge goal, which was um, has been nominated for the Premier League Goal of the Month for April. If you want to watch it back here, it's just an absolutely. Outstanding strike sort of reminds me of me and my dreams at times to be honest. That strike <laughs> it was unbelievable. Kepper had no chance, did he? Um, but we, we have got to talk about um last Saturday's performance away to, to Brighton Danny. It was absolutely horrific, wasn't it?
0: It was, but you know what? It got it was that it got that silly in the end. You kind of got apathetic towards it. <clears throat> you had no feeling, you're just like, This is horrendous, it's embarrassing write it off um, the, the, the blame is shared with lopetegi and the players, I think he set up wrong completely wrong um, I didn't think Brighton did a lot complicated to be honest they just made forward runs and basic forward passes and we, we looked bamboozled like what is this passing forward about um, so that's what he got wrong but what I can't tolerate from the players is I don't care what player, what position they're best in they should be able to control a ball and find another Wolves player, and they just weren't doing it. And in football, you can get away with two or three, maybe having a bad game, but it was the majority. So, hopefully, this week at Compton, they've been, they've had some strong words for each other, put it right on the training ground, and we go again. It's what can you do?
2: Yeah, totally agree. I was apathetic. When it went 3-0, I think when it got to half-time, half, past, uh, half time, I actually commented tongue-in-cheek that we may be able to do a... Um, wasn't we like 4-0 down to Swansea years ago and we ended up pulling it back to like 4 all? And it was just like, that ain't anywhere near going to happen today. Obviously, Pedro Neto there on the left, Phil, was probably one of the only sort of minor positives on the day. Did anyone else come out with any credit for you?
3: I, I don't think they did, to be honest. Um you know I, th- I think Neto was generally the uh the, the sort of like everyone sort of you know slightly positive takeaway um from the game uh I mean it, it it as you say it was just off day everyone off it was you know pretty sort of you know terrible but at the same time brighton are a very good side these days um <clears throat> they've been threatening to do that to a few teams i think in the last the last month or so um you know, and, you know, it's it's one of them that that, that, that they're a team now that will, will punish a team when you don't turn up and, and you're not fully switched on, which, which we weren't. I made,
2: I made that same comment. Obviously, they, they knocked uh, four past Man United. They spanked Liverpool in the FA Cup. I won't like to hear this, but I think it will be an absolute travesty if Brighton don't get Europe this season because, <laughs> in my eyes, they're the best team that's come to Molyneux this year. I know Man City spanked us, but... At times when we got beat by Brighton at home this season, it felt like we were playing against twelve or thirteen players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk so about we're your squad, rest a bit later on. Now, obviously, Villa <laughs> lost uh, their first game um, for a while. Well, sorry, yeah. the first away game under Emery for a while against Man United yeah. last Sunday. I watched the highlights um, about an hour and a half ago, and from the bits that I saw, you had quite a few. Chances and definitely good half chances that like on another day you, you, you could have won that game, never mind. Stole <clears> the point.
1: Yeah, man. I think um still and encu- you know, encouraging. Um we held them to one-nil, whereas like the, the sort of Stephen Gerrard villa would have probably just collapsed and and lost by you know handful. Um but yeah, you know, I think the squad's looking a little bit tired because we've had the same squad now for the last two, three, maybe four matches, and like the choice is sort of limited so it's starting to look a little tight a little bit tight now so that might sort of help you guys at the weekend um but you know still sort of ground out that result and you know held it to one nil. so I'll, I'll take that
2: is there anything sort of basic you can put into words on how you and I has improved you as a unit
1: <clears throat> um it's strange because <clears throat> in January when it was transfer window we seemed to sell a lot of players, didn't buy anybody, and I thought that was going to be a massive problem um, with depth of squad. But I think basically, it's just that if he's given everybody a role now, and everyone's clear on what they're doing. Whereas before, there was a lot of changing around of the squad. Um, obviously, we had Ings um, competing with Watkins, and I think that just there just seemed to be some confusion there in what he wanted and what they were expected to do. And now they all seem to know the jobs, and they have a vision. So. He's done something magical with him. I don't know what it is, but he's done it.
2: Apart from sort of the recent run that Ollie Watkins has had and turned into some sort of prime R9, what other players <laughs> has, has he improved? I mean, Douglas Louise seems to be a player that's improved since January.
1: Yeah, um, Dougie. Um, Buendia has also sort of upped his game. He seems to sort of be hungry for it. The one that's really stood out <clears throat> from the beginning of the season for me is McGinn. Um, you know, when Gerard took over, I thought he was going to be, you know, the sort of shining star then when he and like, you know, really have a good season, but he just seemed to sort of plummet. Um, since, um, you know, come in, took over, he's, you know, he's looking leaner, he's looking more focused. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he always, people used to like just take the ball off him from behind every single time, and now he's looking sharper on the ball. Um, yeah, he's got more desire, and I got obviously he's the captain again. So, yeah, the, I don't know the sort of all sort of atmosphere in the squad <clears throat> just seems to be just overhauled, really.
2: Looking at those uh, Villa players on the on the <clears> right, <throat> Phil, who sort of concerns you the most for for me, it's, um, Emmy brendier But how about yourself?
3: Uh, I think you've you've got to be concerned about Watkins really in the run of form he's <clears throat> he's on. Um I think I, I think that Manu Villa game, I think he was on for a tap in on one of the chances, but he slipped mm. in the six yard box. I think. Um yeah. you know, he, he's he's just in the form of his uh, form of his career at the moment. Um Ramsey's Ramsey's a good player as well. You know, it, it he, he makes those driving runs from midfield and sort of he, he's one of those players that once he gets going, um, you know, he, he, he he's quite hard to stop uh, a very good young player. But you know, I I It it sounds the obvious one, but I'll I'll go Watkins.
2: What about you, Danny?
0: Yeah, same, Watkins. I think um, it was interesting listening to Al then about what Emery's done is define people's roles. Um, If I think of our performance Saturday, sorry to mention it again, that seemed the main problem. Players didn't know what the role was. But back to your question, yeah, Watkins, I think what Emery's done with him is... He's kept him central. He's kept him round the box. I think I watched a few Villa games last season and beginning of this season. He was practically a winger, and that's not his yeah. game. For me, sometimes he still does need two or three chances before he gets one. But yeah. no offence, it's the same for us. That's why he's at Villa. That's why he's not at, you know, the upper echelons in, in terms of the big clubs. But yeah. I, I'm interested to see how we handle it, especially with the performances I saw. Well. Do we drop deep and let him get in the box? Do we step up? And they can drop balls behind to, to see how Sar reacts to that because Watkins is fast as well. So it, I think it's going to be intriguing and he's going to be the one I'm not looking forward to playing against at the minute.
2: I was on the uh, Holt cast last night previewing uh, our game for them last night and I was asked what were the sort of main flaws that Villa could exploit and I pretty much said a high press and sort of putting Jose Sarr under pressure. The question um that's been raised since Brighton Phil is maybe replacing Jose Saar for Dan Bentley. Where do you where do you stand on that? Um
3: I don't think it's got to that. Um, you know, we we've got good form at home, uh, really the last, you know, three or four. Um Saar's made some big saves in those games. Um, you know, especially against Palace. He made a couple of very, very good saves um that that kept kept Palace out there. Um as he said he he, he has for, throughout the season he's been inconsistent, I think. It's just uh it's just been highlighted a little bit more now, I think. But um I don't think we're in territory of making a, a keeper swap just yet, really. Uh plus you yeah, it's it's gonna be a big game, you know. every the crowd's gonna be up for it, you know. Um yes, Bentley's been playing in the in the championship, but I think you, you want that experience there as well. Um so I, I wouldn't be making making the change personally.
2: Where do you stand
0: on that Danny? 100 uh, percent agree. I think it's a change potentially in personally, I think we should do in the summer not now, especially for a keeper that he's never he's never made a Premier League appearance has he So not not for me now we're nearly safe just just leave it as it is.
2: Yeah. obviously he's got a lot of experience Dan Bentley, but it's just for me I, I don't think you can throw someone into a a game where the atmosphere will be pretty high tempo on Saturday. Um, obviously, the team news that's come out from Julian Lopetegui's press conference today is that Nelson Samado has been ruled sort of 50/50 after his knee injury away at Brighton, having to come off. Obviously, Dan Bentley is pushing to start, but whether Lopetegui makes that cause another story. He makes he kept on making the point that wars are fighting to survive, and in every in, every point's important as well as as well as Villa being a good side and Ollie Watkins being a danger. I did word that intentionally that I wanted to say that Ollie Watkins is a danger you can take the context whichever you like Uh, and he's called upon the Wolves fans to be there not just in the good moments but the bad on uh, Saturday which is going to be key for us to get the three points isn't it Phil having the uh, Molineux crowd on side
3: yeah definitely Uh, you know and, and the these games you know d- you know the crowd, you know, do get up for it you know you always used to you know, you're always looking forward to them you know the sort of local derbies in and it and in it the in the main being villa in in the past sort of few years um so yeah we should but we, we've got it as i said we've got a good record at home you know uh we've, we've got a i know a, an actual decent record against villa probably since they've they've, they've come up um yeah. so so yeah <clears> there, there shouldn't be any reason the crowd's not up for it
2: we don't yeah. come behind closed doors because of the pandemic fixtures. Do we? Also, like I said, the the, <laughs> the forming is, is in, in Wolves' favour on on Saturday. The uh, the Villa uh, team news from Unai Emery's press conference was that uh, he believes the next two games are massively important in Villa's quest for Europe. Uh, Matty Cash, Philip Coutinho, Leon Bailey, and. Uh, Kamara, Kamara do like fitness yeah. test and then the last uh, comment there which you can see is that Uri <laughs> Emery's thirsty for blood um, <laughs> because I think he looks like Dracula guy so um... <laughs> Al, how confident are you actually going into this game on Saturday?
1: You know what, it's a tough one isn't it because like you say our, like form against walls hasn't been brilliant especially at the Molyneux um, yeah, and I think after last weekend's result the Wolves are definitely going to want to sort of rectify that at home against the Villa, aren't they? So I'm a little hesitant, especially with the squad sort of having the sort of lack of depth. You know, we haven't got like Bailey to bring on to add pace when, you know, someone's tired or Kamara's been a rock as well. He's been great. He's, he's really missed. So yeah, it's going to, I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit nervous about it, really.
2: I like to hear it. I'll keep that. Um, <laughs> obviously, I mentioned a moment ago that Philip Coutinho has got a late fitness test. How integral there, is he yeah. into Villa nowadays or, or do you wish that Steven Gerrard had put his eggs in the Emmy uh, Brendier basket and not sort of spent half of his budget on Coutinho? I
1: think he's a good option to have to bring on to sort of maybe change things up a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had a great start at the Villa. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, the likes of Buendia. um I don't know, the, the sort of work rate has just seemed like double. And I, for me, he seems the the more aggressive, more hungry player, really. Whereas Coutinho, um, though he is a very skilled player, I think he just gets bullied off the ball a bit um, too easily. Um, the tricks don't really mean a lot on, on the pitch, you know what I mean? But... Um, yeah, I I, I like Brendy. I think he's a great player. Um, last match I went to, you know, you just see the passion in him, and like he sort of, you could see he really wants to do well for the club. Um, him and, and Watkins were having a bit of a back and forth, but that's that's a good thing, you know. Both players are passionate, so it's good to see.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a big game on Saturday. Uh, thanks to those who are tuning in at Wolves Fancast on our YouTube channel. Please, please press the subscribe button if you haven't already. Uh, enjoying some of the comments so far. Obviously, Dean Marsden's come in saying Bentley comes in against Ever- Everton if we are mathematically safe for me. And Andrew Knight's come back with another comment. Uh, Sar's a little bit wank, though, to be fair. So, we'll, <laughs> we'll see which sort of uh, camp Hewlett-Packard uh, here uh, Sits in on Saturday. Come two o'clock when the when the lineups come out. Uh, Danny, just couldn't have come to you for a quick second. What sort of Walls Villa fixtures over the years sort of stand out for you in regards to just even days out at Villa Park or wins or just bad days? What's what fixtures stand out for you? Uh,
0: that's the easiest question tonight, isn't it? It's got to be the three-two uh, at Villa Park when we 2 0 down. Um. Hmm. I'll be honest, I was literally 30 seconds away from leaving. we got one back, so you have to stay. By the time... I'm <laughs> in I mean, the third goal. Uh, that's what we live for, and it? That's why we go to games. We got back to Wolverhampton in the Ogshead and there were a bunch of lads that were absolutely gutted. They'd missed a the lot. So that one, <laughs> I remember going there in the 90s for a League <laughs> Cup game. Um, <clears throat> it was in the, in the Villa End with my mum and dad. So were a lot of other Wolves fans. And that was uh, especially imagine the mid-90s, That was quite interesting outside the ground after, um, as you've already that alluded to. Yeah,
2: down when flipping that ginger Tommy Johnson broke my yeah, uh, eight-year-old heart that night. I remember us going to the <laughs> quarter final of the uh, the Cal-Catalla Cup. We'd beat like we'd beat Coventry City like three 0 or three one or two maybe two one. Yeah. We won at Molly Mark venus scored an absolute cracker of free kick that night. Um, I wish I had that video of me on. Um, on BBC match of the day when that third goal went in last season because, like you said, like moments like that is what yeah. you go to football for. It was it was an out of body experience for me at the time. Because, like you said, going into the 80th minute, Villa fans were literally giving it the biggest chest <laughs> in, in the history of chests. Um, you know, <laughs> just giving it large, you know, turning on your big day out and all that malarkey um, so to get that to get that third goal injury time was like I said, out of body experience. What what game stand out for you, Al?
1: The one that really stands out for me was That's at Molyneux.
2: Thanks. Thanks, for, thanks for coming tonight, Al. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, carry on.
1: Uh, the one that really stands out was at the Molyneux, and it was a it was a four nil, and it was a uh, Angel, um, Hitzel, Hitzelberger and um, Melberg. Um, that for me, because we, because obviously I've got loads of mates that are Wolves fans, and uh, being in the stand and seeing a few of them coming up coming up to the, you know, the bottom of the stand and sort of giving us some hand gestures and stuff like that. And then there's like sort of corporate boxes right behind us and we get it from behind as well. And the atmosphere and just sort of running away with it like that. We don't see it a lot now, obviously. It just seems a lot tighter these days in the last few years. But that for me was one of the best, just jumping in the taxi, like you say, coming out the ground and sort of running for a taxi and then on the way back to sort of Gornal. Yeah, it's just heaven.
2: <laughs> what about you, Phil? Uh, probably
3: one that stands out recently is uh, it was it was the two nil in um, in the championship. Um, it was a five thirty kickoff, I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, atmosphere was great. You know, obviously we'd been in the pubs early, and it was one of the first games I'd seen that season with Nuno in charge, and like watching it because it was it was second half goals Jota Bonatini. Um, Watching it, I was like, "Wow, there's actually something going on here," uh, but it was a really, really good atmosphere. And as I say, it was it was a game we sort of like dominated, really. But I, I think it's probably more because it was a five thirty kickoff, really, and you know that you get that extra that extra couple of hours in the pub and stuff like that. The atmosphere is always better, you know, it just adds to it. And we we played we we played them off the park, so I'd go with that one.
2: Yeah, you, you can't beat Molyneux under the lights. I'm sure Al probably says the same about um, Villa <laughs> Park. Touching on that two nil Villa, like, uh, something that Al mentioned because that that four nil Villa was sort of probably going for. Maybe, was they in Europe back then? Although they're definitely like pushing were they under Martin they were pushing for it, Yeah,
1: yeah, so yeah.
2: that that two nil at Molyneux was the the first time where I felt Walls was sort of head and shoulders ability wise better than Villa that night. They were, the, the way Wolves dominated that game that night was, was ridiculous at times and obviously the the allaying passing towards the end of that game was was really a nice sight to see. Uh, it's that part of the show which I don't like doing, but I always mention I don't like doing, but I have to do it anyway. It's score prediction time and as you're our guest, Al, what's your score prediction for the Saturday 3pm between Wolves and Villa?
1: I'm going to go 2-1 to Villa.
2: It was uh, It would be your first goal scorer if you're going to put a scorecast together. Oh man, um, I'd say,
1: I'd say Watkins for Villa, and then Wolves draw, bring it back, and then say, let's go Watkins again, man. Let's just do Watkins.
2: Well, <laughs> he Watkins still. but what about you, yeah. Danny? Your first. This is your first episode on the Wolves fancast tonight, and. I hate doing score predictions because it can literally ruin your weekend. It can yeah. make you look like an absolute mystic meg or make you look like an absolute smeg. <laughs> what is your score prediction for Saturday?
0: Well, I, I was going to say I fancy a 1-1, but now now Al's gone all <laughs> in. Um, we'll go 1-0, Neves, clumsy Mings, giving oh. us a penalty.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a chance. <laughs>
2: Andrew Knight in the comments section has also mentioned if uh, Daniel Pedence doesn't start on Saturday, we'll be lucky to get a nil-nil draw, and he's predicted sadly 2 0 to um, Aston Vanilla. What is your score prediction, Phil? I mean, I, I was going to mirror Danny. To be honest, I, I think
3: for one of the first times uh, in, in a while, Villa are going to come here clear favourites. I think um, you know I, I, we can't argue that they're probably you know they're on the better form, the better been better team last last few months. But as I said, I, I think our home form. I think it could push us, but I I see I see it only nicking it. So one nil I think would be, um, would be the scoreline for me. I, it's just you know I can't see us dominating for a two nil. You know, it, it's one of them that if Villa score first, it's going to be difficult for us. We we've found it difficult all season. Um, so yeah, I would go with Danny again. One nil, one nil the Wolves.
2: It is horrible to say, isn't it, that if if Villa do get the first goal on on Saturday, Danny, that it's it's, it's so it's so difficult being a Wolves fan w- watching this football in the last sort of mate coming up to sort of two years now. We scored thirty-eight league goals last season. We're on twenty-nine this season. Um, Erling Haaland six goals in front of us. Um, it's, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? What what's your sort of main strategy for where we need to overhaul in the summer?
0: Yeah, it's. I think we've got to get her, get her to jail free card in January. To be honest, I think we've got to give credit to the manager for turning us around because we were we were gone. Well, but he, he's been helped with that window. But we we'd seen that as fans, it was coming. We were um, we were slipping. The standards were slipping, and the windows on paper, we were spending money, but it, it was incorrectly. We, we need a new a new striker. Whether I said we've been linked again today with the lad from Coventry, Jaquez, is it? Um, we need a goal scorer we need to clear out of some of these wide attacking players because we seem to have a bit of a fetish for defensive midfielders and wide attacking players Um, funny that someone's commented about Padenti. be one I'd get rid of just more direct people more presence we we can't get away again next season with not having a a player who can't hit double figures even 10-11 goals It's, it's not good
2: I think not having two players who are emitting sort of double figures is is really poor for a club that, are as established as as walls. Now, where do you see us needing to improve in the summer, Phil?
3: I think yeah, everyone centre forward has got to be the the main target. You've got to Can think we stop that... you there
2: Flo, for a second. I keep hearing that walls need to get a centre forward, but you look at sort of Diego Costa, um, Raúl Jiménez. Before and after the uh, the injury, Fabio Silva for the sh- the short period where he was leading the line. Th- these aren't strikers that have been missing sitter after sitter every game. Where's the creativity coming from in this team? Yeah, well, I, th- I think
3: if you have a good striker, they they turn the bad balls into good crosses, don't they? You know, and I, and I think Raúl certainly was very good at that. You know, it's, a lot of people talk about our fullbacks that they don't have many assists. And if you don't have anyone in the box, they're not going to get any assists, are they? And I think, you know, you have a good striker. They sniff out the goals. They turn some of the bad crosses into good. And, you know, that's where I think you've got to think that, you know, will we have Fabio back from loan? You know, probably we've got Sasa to come back. Uh, You know, you think Kunye, he's not an out-and-out goal goal scorer, is he really? You you think he's probably best in the 10 slot or or playing with at least a, a target man. Um, I agree a a, a wide player, you know, whether it's, we need to clear out or what a wide player that actually scores because, you know, you buy all these players, but if they're not actually creating anything, which they aren't, and they're not scoring, are they just fitting a system? You know, what, what, what's the, what, what are they actually doing? So, I I mean, could, could Neto be that person? I don't know. You know, he's had a bad run of injuries, but you know, you'd have thought he did. We all probably thought he'd have kicked on by now. Um, you know, turned into that player we thought he was going to be. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I, th- I think we could probably do with, it, it's one of the fullbacks, isn't it? it probably uh, probably another right back, I reckon. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think Smado's got any competition. Will he still be here? I don't know. He, 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 but, I, but I think we need some competition at right back, really. Um, you know, left back, you know, Lop- Lopetegu needs to decide who he wants at left back and then, you know, we 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 see where we are then. But um yeah, I, I think we're concentrating on the offensive really. Uh I I think we, we we've got solid enough centre backs. Um pro- yeah. will, will we go for a goalkeeper, don't know. Yeah, but you know, but you can't you can't replace everyone, can you? There's not an unlimited money pot, as we found out. So we've got That's... we've got to target the right people and you know a, 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 you've got to think we're gonna sell some people. Um but uh But yeah, you know, you don't know how much we're going to recoup. Neves is probably the biggest sellable asset, like we all, we, you know, that's a given. Um, But there's not going to be many others that are going to fetch large sums in the market, I don't think. Do
2: you know that meme where the man's lying next to his wife and she's thinking he's probably thinking about other women? (laughs) What I'm thinking about is how many players we're going to get rid of this summer and actually going to need to bring in. Because like you said, I I think if Lopetegui wants to play the football that he wants to play, Jose Sa will be out the door this. This summer, and you look at sort of the majority of our match day squad in recent weeks, it's probably easier to do a list of players that you think definitely will be here than not, because like some of them aren't really justifying their place in the squad, are they? So, yeah, I think it's a question, grab, isn't it?
3: Yeah, if you asked every Wolves fan, I think centre forward's going to be the stock answer. After that, I think you could get a whole variety, and it would probably change week to week. Um, you know sort of that's that's sort of where we are with this squad. I think it's just a bit of a mishmash sort of thing. We've got some very good players, don't get me wrong, but it but it is a bit uh, yeah, we, we probably do need a little bit of a clear out. I think,
2: right? Let's uh end the show with the uh, the quick quiz segment that I always do, which is our sudden death squads. So I'm not sure if you aware of how we play this Alan, Danny. But basically, I pick a uh, fixture between, which will be Wars and Villa this weekend from previous years gone by. You have to name a player that started in the game. If he was a sub and came on, you have to go again. And this week's fixture is the two-all draw at Villa Park from March 2010. So, as you're the new guest this week, Danny... I'm going to come to you first and ask you to to name a player that played in the tool draw between Villa and Wolves at Villa Park on March 2010. Matt Jarvis. Matt Jarvis, was he in the starting lineup that day? He was. He was substituted. Uh, Right. Phil, you next. Dave Edwards. Unfortunately, Phil, you fell at the first hurdle. You're out of this week's sudden death squads. Al, going to come to you, 2010, Villa at home, 2-all. Who played in that game?
1: Brad Friedel.
2: The American goalkeeper started for Villa that day. Back to you, Danny. Uh,
0: Yeah, 2010.
2: E-Banks, Blake. Al, if you get this player right, you've won this week's sudden death because so many did not feature in that game. Danny, he was on the bench and did not come on.
1: Okay. Um I'm gonna say not so young, Ashley Young.
2: I'm hoping this is not <laughs> getting the precedent for this weekend. <laughs> Alex Arm has won this week's uh, Sudden Death squad. Quick, quick look on the screen now, guys. You can see the teams from that day. Obviously, Brad Friedel in goal for Wolves. Marcus Hanneman was in goal for Wolves that day. Kevin Doyle you could have had Danny. Ronald Zubar, Captain Carl Henry, uh, for Villa, John Carew scored two that day. Emil Heskey, yeah, yeah. Phil, well, players you could have gone for, obviously, like Kevin Foley, uh, Jody Craddock, some big players that played that day. Obviously, George yeah. Ellicobi came on for Wolves. Uh, yeah. Michael Mancien, a, a really wishy-washy player during that time at Wolves. Alex Om is this week's winner of Sudden Death squads. Uh, Alex, tell the viewers where they can find you. Obviously, I mentioned earlier on the Charlotte musician uh, playing the Rainbow on Birmingham on Sunday.
1: That's right, yeah. Um, so if you want to find out any more about our music, just go to alexohm.com dot com, and then you'll find all our links to different socials and things there. We've got uh, the Rainbow on Sunday in Digbeth, um, and then yeah, hopefully we've got like loads more shows coming up through the year. So it'd be great to see people down there.
2: Any upcoming music, Al?
1: We've just been in the studio recording in Wolves just down the road from the Molyneux at the uh, Newhampton Arts Centre, RML Studios. So hopefully we'll get that out later in the year and yeah, I'll keep you posted with that.
2: Obviously me and Al go back quite a few years from the light bar on a Friday days, the occasional blast off back bar. Um, if you aren't aware, Al was also in a fantastic band, uh, the Lions back in the day, which obviously had some amazing times following... Al and the band around the country. I never met the Amsterdam gig, which was um, a, a big blow <laughs> following the guys. Uh, just still before be we, yeah, uh, <laughs> Ian Brand still talks about it, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> as you know, recently, Wars Fancast, we brought the 2,000 subscribers mark on, on YouTube. So yeah, please please press the like button before you go. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Uh, ending the show tonight before uh, I say goodbye from all of us, uh, Al, has got a uh, his most recent single was uh, Joy, which we're going to play it with the show today. As yeah. he's mentioned, they're playing the the Rainbow on Birmingham. There's still tickets that you can buy on on the day. Buy from me, Danny, Phil, and Al. Hopefully, three points for Wolves on Saturday. And we'll be back on <laughs> really Sunday really? for uh, a match review episode. Which hopefully, if we do win, Al, you are welcome back on. If we're not, if we don't win. <laughs> some, hopefully, see you next season. <laughs> like one, every single joy, good night, Cheers, guys. Have a great bank holiday weekend, and God save the king, Steve Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I feel-